<laughs> Even the lobby wasn't safe because you could like see somebody streaking through the, uh, through the glass door. No, in the lobby you would see somebody streaking. <laughs> They drove me out to the middle of nowhere to a farm, <laughs> and we rolled uphill. Okay, I, I don't think we can top anti-masturbation bobcats. No. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us on a... Friday night edition of Fun Sexy Bible Time. Listen, we're just a couple homeschool dads on a Friday night with nothing better to do than misbehave. Coming to us, our co-host tonight, from the big city of Hotlanta, or its its lush suburbs, Adam King. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's good to talk to you. It is good to talk to you. Uh, we, if, Despite my best efforts, we've occasionally had people on this podcast who have a high opinion of me. Uh, which is problematic, to say the least. Adam is probably the least impressed by me out of anybody we've ever had on this show uh, because he knew me when I was an emaciated and desperate college freshman. Is this correct? Yeah, that that about sums it up, actually. That was a pretty good description. Um, In fact, it may be hard for me to refer to you as Matthew on the podcast. I've been trying to program myself to do that. But to me, you'll always be Stretch. Um, it, I, I kept thinking if I called you Stretch the whole time, it might confuse the uh, fun, sexy Bible time listeners. But you know, in my heart, that's who you'll always be. You can you can call me Stretch if you wish. All right, perfect. Maybe we can add some clarity to that through the uh, through the podcast. Uh, if you have read um, my book, JV Superstar, uh, you'll be familiar with Adam. He actually appears in that book as one of the the, the characters. Uh, and we try to do this on this is by design like we try to have occasionally have people on the podcast who uh you know appear in the things that i've written uh, almost just <laughs> almost as like a verification tool for just to, to prove that you're not making all of it up <laughs> um so yes but before we get into jv superstar uh i do have some house cleaning adam Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, I got to get this done before we launch this episode. I made some serious mistakes in the last episode. Uh, I need to issue an apology and an addendum to one of our segments. Uh, We did a segment on the last episode about inappropriate sounding Christian names. I really need to apologize. I'm not actually apologizing for the segment um, because I have no taste. Like. If you thought otherwise, I'm sorry. I just I don't have any taste, so I'm not apologizing for the segment. What I am apologizing for, there were some grievous omissions from that list. Um, if you didn't hear episode 34, we took the people in Christian culture who have the dirtiest sounding names and we ranked them, um, uh, such as Guy Penrod, John Piper, Karen Swallow Pryor, Adam King. You're my witness. I need to apologize. How did I leave the name? Oral Roberts off the list. Oh, yeah, that that actually could have scored up in the top of the list. I think. I mean, I'm gonna have to turn in my Promise Keepers membership card. Like, I'm <laughs> I don't know how I left off Oral Roberts. Yeah, that's that that was a grievous. You're right. That was a grievous mistake. What's even worse, my friend? Yeah, here it is. Uh huh. It's even worse. I left off possibly the greatest inappropriate sounding Christian name of all time. 
noted Southern Baptist, former head of the ERLC, Richard Land. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you did there. His name is literally Dick Land. <laughs> How does yeah, this happen? How did I not include Dick Land on the name <laughs> the greatest inappropriate names? Yeah, I think he'd uh, he just finished in the top uh in the top runnings for sure. I can I can start to think of quite a few um movie titles that could featuring featuring Dick Land. <laughs> you know what I need? I need I need <laughs> I need him to put out like a. I need him to put out like a devotional for for women, <laughs> so that like Lifeway can put out an ad <laughs> for 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 Valentine's Day. Husbands, take your wives to Dickland. <laughs> And that's the episode. Great show, everybody. There it is. All right. Shut it down. Um, okay. Uh, I feel better now that I got that. All right. So you've got the list updated. You've uh, redeemed yourself. You just... You just uh, I, you, yes. I'm, I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on. I can't promise I won't drop more Dick Land jokes throughout the entire podcast. Yeah, I'll so. probably, I actually probably won't be listening to you half the time. I'll be trying to think of a good Dick Land joke. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Whew. Okay. Adam from the book JV Superstar. Um, the book JV Superstar, not nearly as popular overall as Homeschool Sex Machine, uh, but at the same time has like a really uh like devoted group of people who are like no you this is absolutely what my christian college was like mm-hmm. um, so it's got like some really um some really faithful fans i guess um but i'm gonna throw this to you because you're in the book you're one of the first people who ever looked at the manuscript um do you feel like we we captured like the essence of Christian college. I mean, were there things that we left out? Um, you know, what, what was your, what was your take on seeing it for the first time? Uh, yeah. And reading it, I mean, I think that it was actually specific to our real Christian college experience, but I think it pretty well summed up the experience of most people going to a small conservative Christian college, um, in that you get a whole bunch of really repressed Christians getting together, (laughs) trying to figure out how to be, slightly less repressed without Mm -hmm. being without being too unrepressed uh and and just bumbling their way through that i think it pretty (laughs) i think it pretty much summed up not only our experience but uh but pretty much anybody who went through that same same um life change of you know moving an entire state away two whole hours away from home and trying to figure it out on their own yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize when I was doing it, like, how many things about the Christian college experience were universal, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah I know you said a lot of your characters uh, were generic in that they were combinations of probably a few people on our hall our freshman year. Or people uh, who just didn't give me permission to use their name. Yeah, the ones who said, no, don't put me in this book. Uh, I, of course, was not wise enough to say that, so so here we sit. Uh, I have been actually trying to, trying to sign a lot of people's copies of the ebook uh but 
Yeah, nobody's let me so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I like what you say, like how everybody like arrived on campus in a state of repression. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember, and now, first of all, like we we the school we're talking about, we went to school together for a year at Bryan College in um, you know the backwoods of backwoods, Tennessee. Dayton, Tennessee, which Dayton, I, Tennessee. I still have. I have the National Geographic that refers to Dayton, Tennessee as the buckle of the Bible Belt. <laughs> home of the uh, famous Scopes trial, mm-hmm. as, as our homeschool listeners can, can attest. That's right. Um, but man, I remember like just arriving on campus and there was just like this immediate sense of like uh, like overwhelming freedom. Which is weird because it, <laughs> we weren't really that free. <laughs> No, we weren't. But it was like, you know, if I, you know, if I want to put my underwear on backwards today, I can do that. If I want to eat dessert first, I can do it. If I want to stay up until 3 a.m. and not study, like, I'm technically allowed to do that. And, like, that was right. like, such a foreign concept to somebody who had been in that cloistered, you know, uh, homeschool or, or, you know, conservative Christian environment. Right. If I wanted to stay out of the dorm until like nine fifty nine, I could. <laughs> but you had to be in at ten. Well, right. No, at ten you had to be in. That was otherwise you got points. Uh, <laughs> Zach Brown and some of the uh, the other uh, RDS would would uh, track us down and we'd get written up for that. But nine fifty nine was all mine, baby. I mean, I had it was freedom. Which is, is, is in hindsight, it's kind of hilarious. Like we, you know, there was this fear that you were going to get kicked out of school. Like you would have had to do something really bad to get kicked out of school. Like that's that's not how the economy of of Christian college works. Like they desperately need your right. tuition money. Yeah, they were real happy we were there. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> um, but I think like after you've been there for a span of time, I think one of the weird things that happens is that like you realize. Like, yes, I've got all this freedom, but there's also nothing to do. <laughs> right. It turned out we were in, the, yeah, the middle of nowhere. Um, with uh, the Walmart was not even a super Walmart. Uh, this is true. It was, yeah, it was, it was hard. <clears throat> we realized how isolated from the rest of the world we were. Uh-huh. And then you had, like, all the, um, like all the people who were training to be pastors and those guys were just insufferable at Christian college because they would just sort of wander the halls and like come up with these plans to change the world. And it's like, dude, you're on a mountaintop in the middle of nowhere, like uh-huh. surrounded by Christians. Like, what are you going to do, man? Well, if they could quit, um, if they could quit fighting about free will and predestination, <laughs> then, uh, then they'd start talking about all their plans to save the world mm-hmm. with their ministries. I just remember that being one of the biggest, uh, biggest debates you could get 20 guys into a dorm room to to talk about that <laughs> i don't think we spent a lot of time doing that because uh we were too busy no. uh destroying uh walmart's ventilation system with shopping see carts. i don't i don't remember specifically that that was walmart <laughs> i see okay or that it was even us that did that no and yeah and it, that could have been anybody that could have been any Audi 5000S with a 6 foot 10 giant that weighed 175 pounds hanging out the window. Uh, there's a, there was a lot of people that fit that description at Brian. And the way I remember it, it was just a big box store. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, that, those were some of the more fond memories uh, where we got to go out and, and uh, 
find our own fun because in Dayton they weren't making any fun for you. So I think we called it cart launching, if I recall correctly. Cart launching, is that right? Well, that's the name I heard. I, I wasn't involved in it, obviously. Well, no, I know. By called, I mean we heard people call it that. Other people besides us. So Adam, as it stands now, um, cuts a very different profile. Uh, you were the father of seven? Yes, seven uh, seven little chur- churins. <laughs> Terrifying facial hair. Uh, you're actually a homeschool father. That's right. However, when I knew you, um, I mean this as a compliment. I don't mean <clears throat> this as an insult. You were the most incredibly unmotivated person I'd, I'd ever met. Um, I, I don't even want to use the word lazy because that, that implies that you didn't care. I think you did care. You just wanted to see how much you could get away with not doing. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I mean, I finished, you know, and I graduated from Brian, and I got my piece of paper and all that, so that was really good. Um, but yeah, just school. I was not really good at school at that point. I had worked really hard through high school, and I wanted to see, you know, what else I could do, what I could grow, how long I could grow my hair, and how many earrings I could wear without um, Bruce Morgan getting on to me, the dean of students. Um, yeah, it turned out school, you know. I, I was just not real good at doing school, which makes which which makes my current occupation even more ironic, considering that I'm now a teacher. But uh, so this this yeah. is my introduction to Adam that he, um, you were a Christian education major mm-hmm. who rarely went to class. I mean, there were a couple classes you went to, mm, very few. <laughs> For reasons I don't understand, you had a work-study job uh, that you never went to. Um, right. You had made the JV soccer team. Yes. But you never went to practice. Not that much. Not that, <laughs> not that much. Um, it was required that we attend church every Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't Didn't necessarily do that either. Well, it turned out as long as you just asked for grace, they would give it to you. Um <laughs> Every week, if you just wrote, because remember we had to write it on a form, and um, if if I I'd found that if I just wrote grace on that form every week, uh, they would give me grace. I never got in trouble the whole time. <laughs> and just the fact that one of the largest nearby churches was named Grace. I oh, was, was that? Oh, just was a that coincidence. A church? That was a church there. <laughs> that no, was that not, was the rumor. I did not realize. No, I. Boy, that would seem deceitful. Um, <laughs> No, I was certainly just writing grace because I was asking them to extend it to me. And uh, I thought they were. Well, I can't really say anything to you because I was the guy who sat on, literally yes, sat on his paper assignments because you had to write a pledge that said you spent, like, you spent 30 you spent minutes an or an hour, hour on it or whatever, yeah. And then you, you didn't want to lie and sign your name and say you spent 30 minutes on it, so I would just sit on it. Right, yeah. As I recall, you would uh, spend your time sitting on it in my room playing Cool Borders 3, in fact. <laughs> Um, so uh, one of one of the one of the the great underrated PlayStation One games. Uh, yeah, it, it absolutely was one of the best games that we played. Um, I think it's the main game that we played in my room. But aside from not even going to class or practice or your job, the thing that, mm-hmm. that killed me was that, like you wouldn't even necessarily get up to go to eat either. Which always blew me away. It was like, 
I, I think I described it in the book as like you, you just wanted, it's like you just had to know how much you could get away with not doing. Uh, I think that's right. I found out later after I graduated that Brian served um, breakfast. <laughs> I actually, I did literally not know that. Um, sometimes I would hear you guys mumbling about eating in the mornings, and I just figured you meant like early lunch. Because um, so I would go for early lunch sometimes or late dinner, but I was, I was, I don't think I ever had breakfast at, at college. I didn't realize that there were there were things going on at that time. I do remember my freshman year, I um, I missed a test. I'd had a family uh, an emergency that I had to leave school for for a little while, a week or so. When I got back, the professor was very generous and said, uh, "Yeah, you can come take take the uh, take the test. You can make it up. You be in my office at six o'clock. Um, see, or no, actually, he said five o'clock. Be in my office at five. I'll see you there. Uh, you can take your test. Yes, sir. That's not a problem. I'll be there." <laughs> So I even skipped dinner. I skipped early dinner and late dinner that day, and I sat in his office all evening. I was sitting there waiting for the man to show up, and uh, he never did. So that next day, I saw him. I said, "Sir, I, I was. I came by your office last night. I wasn't there. You, you weren't there. What do you want me to do?" He said, "Son, I was here at five in the morning waiting for you." I said, "Sir, I apologize. I genuinely didn't know that was a time. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a thing." And uh, I think he ended up letting me take the test, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize they had breakfast at that place until about four years in. <laughs> uh, that wasn't Bernie, was it? No, no, that was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't go to class enough to remember his name. Um, I didn't have Bernie. You had Bernie, and I had um, Coach Palma, who was uh, you know the South African coach. He was my soccer coach, so I had him for, for communications. And I made it my life goal for a, for a stretch of time to try and catch him off guard and without a response, and I was never successful. <laughs> that man had something to say back to everything. It was, it was fantastic. So we would try and catch him off guard and say ridiculous stuff. Um, so you can't say I didn't have any goals in college. I did I did have some, some objectives. Hmm. Uh. I think you're to blame for a lot of my, for at least a part of my sense of humor, uh-huh. because I feel like my sense of humor got really surreal right about the time we met. You're talking, we're talking about communications class and Bernie, like Bernie did not understand me at all in communications class. And I remember one time I had to give a speech, it was basically speech class, it had nothing to do with like journalism. Right. Um, yeah, it was freshman communications, was it really just speech? <laughs> And so I had to give a speech the next morning, and I, of course, didn't start on it until like midnight the night mm-hmm. before. And I realized that I didn't have a, a visual aid. And I don't know if it was you or, or somebody else. Um, somebody convinced me on the idea. I was, I was giving a speech on William Jennings Bryan, the, the college's namesake, and uh, like the, the visual aid like had to be some kind of like source material or some something official. Yeah, and so I wound up just uh, like freehand tracing like an outline William Jennings Bryan's head on some poster board that I'd stolen, and and took it into class <laughs> for my speech, and uh, like with a straight face when I was giving the speech, I uh, I made made up some kind of story that like this was like a like an archival portrait on loan from like the Dayton Historical Society. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like yeah, didn't I, crack a smile like the entire time and like the the teacher bernie was just looking at me like is this kid crazy i think i might have been in the room while that sketch was being drawn <laughs> and then like didn't didn't let on that i knew it was a fake just pretended like it was real and um when he was grading my speech he just looked at me and he was like i i don't even know like I, I and this what was your visual aid i mean that looks like something you just drew by hand i mean what am i supposed to do with that and like i didn't crack a smile i just kind of gave him like the dead stare <laughs> i think i got like a c plus out of that nice i think at the same i think the same day i was in my comm class giving a speech on um which is better shampoo or conditioner <laughs> And you were bald headed at the time. <laughs> I was. I was fully bald headed, smooth to the to the skin all the way down. And um and I gave a speech on shampoo versus conditioner. Um probably one of the strangest most probably like the most surreal part of the Christian college experience. And you never actually went to one of these, I don't believe, because uh, you had a girlfriend back home at the time, but mm-hmm. um, the open dorms like that was like the most surreal thing I've ever experienced at Christian college. Like when the, like when the, cause the dorms are separated, you know, guy dorm, girl dorm. And uh, like when the female dorm would open up like on a Friday night to be open for visitors, that was so bizarre because it was like an audition for a husband. Like you would go through and like all the, like the, like the female students would have like baked cookies well, like yeah. See, I would go. I would go. I guess maybe to serve as a wingman for guys, or uh, <laughs> or for the cookies. Yeah, or, I definitely remember the smell of cookies. Or possibly to help me. You, you tried valiantly. Yeah. yeah no, I I definitely uh, considered myself, you know, a wingman for you. I wanted to to do what I could. You were responsible in a in a roundabout sort of way for me seeing bosoms. Um, <laughs> Of course, they weren't. Actually... It was my VHS player. <laughs> uh... It was your VHS player and your copy of Braveheart. Yep, <laughs> that was as close as I got to bosoms for that entire that entire year. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was a that was a uh, pivotal moment in your life. Uh, kind of, I remember the reaction was pretty big. <laughs> Hey, let's leave Dick Land out of this. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of walked into that one. Nah, that was a softball. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, you want to talk about the Rolling Hill? Yeah, um, I do. I definitely want to try and get up there, meet you up there sometime, and uh, and re-experience that because even as a science teacher. Uh, I fully believe that we were rolling uphill while we were there. <laughs> so the rolling hill is a myth, or a legend rather, a legend in the in the hills of Tennessee, that there's a hill that you can drive to and put your car at the bottom of it and put your car in neutral, and the legend has it, you will roll uphill. So, you know, I had a whole lot of time with not going to class and all and was able to, you know, talk to a lot of local sources, and I was able to actually locate the uh, this mythical rolling hill. All I remember and, is it was like in the general vicinity of like was it like a it's like a windmill or something. Yeah, if you hit not well, if you hit the windmill, you've gone too far. Okay, all right. Uh, that's the that's the trick. Is once you turn on that 
road off that other road. Um, when you hit the windmill, you've gone too far. And you can turn around in their farm. They're pretty friendly. They'll wave at you. <laughs> and then when you drive backwards where you've just come from and stop at the bottom of the hill, that's the spot. Yeah, so there is a, a windmill landmill. And I'm not going to give any cross streets because I don't want <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want this place to get overrun with with uh, tourists. Fun Sexy Bible Times listening audience. Fun, yeah, exactly. Maybe we should put an FSB like sign down there, though. <laughs> we should. That'd, that'd be yeah. fun. We go up there. And... I don't know. I don't really fully know what geocaching is, but maybe we could use that in some way. <laughs> we just put a sign that says "Dickland." Dickland, you have you have arrived. <laughs> Dickland, the arrival, something like that. <clears throat> so we thought it would be a good idea. This is what is circa nineteen ninety nine. This was, yeah, the year of our Lord, 1999. <laughs> I didn't have a car on campus, um, so your car was big enough to seat four, so I think we planned this elaborate double date, and the, uh, like the, the, like the, cli- I don't want to use the word climax, I'll use the word climax. All right, easy, Dick Land. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the climax of the double date was when it got dark, we were going to go to the rolling hill. And and take these two girls, your girlfriend, and then mm-hmm. uh, I ask, what was her name? Valerie Pettit was that her name? Yeah, that's the Colonel's daughter. The Colonel's mm-hmm. daughter, yeah. Um, if she'd like to go with with us, and and she, she's for some reason she said yes. And um, I don't know. Can you describe that of of hitting the rolling hill? And what's that sensation like when you put the car in neutral at the bottom of the hill? So yeah, so you slow down and you stop. You come to a complete and full stop. No movement at all. And then you uh, you put the car in neutral. And the next thing you know, your car is literally rolling <laughs> back up the hill that you just drove down initially. It is freaking and, um, weird. It, 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 by all explanations, you, you are rolling uphill. I don't know any other way to explain it or describe it, but, but your car goes up. It's, and, it's uh, you know, some may say it's an optical illusion. Yeah. Some may say it's aliens but um i think you're rolling uphill (laughs) i think that it is the one place on earth where physics just failed to stick um you know god maybe just decided this one spot gravity's not going to do the same thing and uh i'm not sure what it is but but your car rolls up at one point i tried to research it to try to figure out what was going on but after i started i was like you know what like i don't want to know like it's exactly it's, it's just more fun for it to be some mystical place where your car rolls uphill. Yeah, but here's what I do know. Uh, guys think it's way cooler than girls. <laughs> yes, because that, so, that was my one and only date with Valerie Pettit. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't a second date on that one, was No, there it? wasn't. That's, that's too bad, man. I tried, you know. You tried so, you tried valiantly. Yeah. You, gave it you know, I really, I really thought that would go better than it did. Um, <laughs> you know, in the movies, when a girl gets scared, they... You know, they grab onto the guy and, you know, they hold on to them for safety. And, you know, I kind of thought that I, I just pictured it going better in my head. <laughs> Do you wonder, like, what, like, the conversation was in the women's dorm after we dropped her off? <laughs> they drove me out to the middle of nowhere to a farm and we rolled uphill. I just remember it was a really quiet ride back. <laughs> I remember they got sort of like freaked out, like as it was happening, yeah. 
and they I don't know like I don't know which one of them was like no we need to leave now yeah <laughs> yeah I mean even with the girl that I had been dating for probably, I think four years at that point um, it didn't score me any points either like it was <laughs> so anyway that maybe that's just good advice to all of the the fun sexy Bible time listeners going forward <laughs> you know if you are in a dating relationship guys and you just really think that that um, d- nature defying um, car trick that you know is going to really woo that lady it's not <laughs> it's just not um, <clears throat> okay so before we went on we were, we were also kicking around another uh, more somber idea that um, even though we rem- even though we remember ourselves very fondly as 18 and 19 year olds um I've been confronting the possibility that I might have actually just been super annoying at age 19. Yeah, this has been a tough one for me to chew on because <laughs> you sent that to me as a as just sort of a question, you know, a real loose outline. What are we going to chat about? And uh, Well, you know, everything else that we were going to talk about tonight was real easy, pretty much straightforward <laughs> stuff. But this one is, I guess it's been eye-opening because 18 and 19-year-olds today are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they just think they know it all, and they are so cool, and all of this. And uh, it it was only this Wednesday that I realized when you sent me the email uh, that that was probably me. <laughs> yeah, like at the time, like you know, trying to break into the school library in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. just because it was something to do. Which um, you know, we weren't successful that <laughs> night. Um, I do want to say. However, you know, because you only stayed for a year um, at Bryant and then you were at another school. But I'm not going to say I ever did break into the Bryant College Library. (laughs) What I am going to tell you is that I've never come across a building or a place I couldn't get into. (laughs) And that's still true. So you can do with that what you want. I I, I appreciate that, that you saw that (laughs) to the end. Yeah. Even well, there were more research. There were more research papers to to take care of that were due the next day. So, even even though I wasn't there in body, it means a lot that you you carried I me took, with you. I took care of it, man. I got us in there. <laughs> no, but like I remember the thing I remember about myself at like age college freshman me was just being so utterly self assured about everything that like I totally understood how things worked. Uh, like like basketball, for example, I was there on a basketball scholarship. Right. I I, just, I I knew in my head. I understood what it took to be a successful basketball player. And you saw me play basketball as a freshman. I was horrible. yeah. I was there. I was yeah, horrible. I came, I came to a lot of the games. Me and my um, hermit crab. <laughs> I brought my pet hermit crab to almost every JV game. Was um, there anybody on the team as bad as I was? Uh. I'll just say there probably was some room for improvement. You know, putting some weight on, I think, was the biggest challenge, which goes back to the uh, the whole name Stretch, which, as I recall, was given to you because more or less you looked like Stretch Armstrong that had been pulled out and never and never went back, like just stretched out at full length and never returned back because uh, you couldn't break the 200-pound mark. I could not, no. Which, uh, I, at this point in my life, I'd be happy to get closer to the 200-pound mark. 
but I remember that being a big deal when we were in college trying to get over 200 pounds. And for me, being 5'10", it wasn't as big a deal. But um, <laughs> Well, you had a girlfriend you know, too, so. Yeah, I didn't have anything to prove at that point, so I was good. Um, <laughs> but, but don't you remember I being... I, I, mentioned, I mentioned to you the other day, in my stories, you're six foot ten. Um, so anybody who knows me and has heard me talk about college, uh, my friend Stretch was six ten, and I, I was a little bummed to find out in in reading some of your stuff and hearing you on the podcast that you're not even six ten. You're six eight. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's, only that's, only six eight. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, that's still huge. I'm over the two hundred pound mark, though. If that makes a difference. That is great, man. I'm so proud. Also passed several other marks in the weight department. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, once you get on a roll, you know, it's hard. You don't want to stop. It's momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you remember being, like, really, like, obnoxiously confident at age 19? Yeah, I didn't need to go to class. I didn't need college. I didn't need a job. Um, as long as I had prepaid phone cards so I could call my girlfriend. <laughs> Every night every night then uh, yeah everything was fine man i was good i knew it all i remember you know? thinking like oh man adam he understands everything about women <laughs> he understands true love <laughs> and it was like clockwork it's like you know no matter what we were doing i don't know what was it like eight thirty was like your designated call time that you had to call home yeah i know that there was a time mm-hmm. <laughs> And like you would be right in the middle of something, you'd be like, "Guys, sorry, gotta go talk to my lady." You gotta and make the like, call, oh, man. Adam, Adam understands love. <laughs> yeah, I think the next year after you left, she went to college and found out about other guys, and that was that. Yeah, we we blame Dick Land for that too, don't we? Dick Land. Yes, but uh, now we are now we are through the looking glass. Uh, we were both homeschool fathers. That's right. Uh, which brings me to a very important point. Mm-hmm. Are too many people homeschooling these days? I think maybe, yeah. I think probably, you know, my kids should be doing it, of course. Um, <laughs> and I'd probably concede that yours should, too. But, you know, as far as everybody else's kids, probably not. <laughs> You know, they're, I think that they're, you know, sort of a trend. It is kind of an in thing right now. And, uh, you know, I think everybody probably but us is just doing it for that, uh, you know, alternative. They're just sort of trying to be different. And ours is, of course, a genuine. It's for, for, it's for the children. <laughs> well, my problem with it is, is that I don't feel special anymore. No. Um, you know, really ever since people stopped wearing denim and, uh, and and more people started homeschooling. It's not really a, a counterculture anymore. I mean, it's not like the glory mm-hmm. days when you felt like Bill Clinton was coming after you. Right, right. You were watching for the black helicopters. <laughs> Which are hard to spot because they don't even make sound. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this I mean, is true. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, in answer to your question, I think probably... Too many people are doing it. Um, you know, you should keep doing it, and I, I think we will too. But probably everybody else ought to just put their kids in school. <laughs> well, we're at the point of the podcast where 
we're about to end things and normally what we do is the co-host we, we sort of give the end of the podcast to the co-host so that we can mm-hmm. promote whatever book he or she is writing talk about where to find them on social media yeah um, which i'm not on <laughs> yes. but i'm thinking about getting a myspace <laughs> so if i get yeah so if i get a myspace maybe you could uh you could tell everybody my MySpace like account. Hey, screw MySpace, man. Let's just go back to AOL Buddy List. Yeah, I'm gonna get an AOL like my page or whatever it was called. <laughs> what was your What was your thing? Like your your instant message handle was it A the King? It was. It was A the King. It's actually now all my. It, I don't have social media, but like on websites where you have to use a pseudonym, mm-hmm. um, it's it is King Daddy. In King fact, <laughs> yeah, I've carried that on um, from your sweet mate who gave everybody a nickname that was just their name and the word daddy. <laughs> you think when he gets to heaven, he's going to be like, Jesus, daddy. Jesus, daddy. Been lifting? <laughs> Which I think, I thought about that, and that was an awesome question um, <laughs> to ask, because he didn't care about the answer. And there was no good response back to keep a conversation going. There's no way to keep a conversation flowing. When a guy who's like sweaty with a muscle shirt has just asked you, King Daddy, been lifting? <laughs> you know, you can say, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I lifted yesterday. Uh, how, you know, how are, are you, how, are you feeling good? How are you doing? And he was gone. You know, he was already halfway down the hall. It just was so awkward that he didn't have to keep talking to you. So I thought that was a good one. But that's, yeah, I've actually kept, you know, you were Stretch Daddy and I was King Daddy. And so, if I do get a MySpace, um, it'll be it'll be King Daddy. <laughs> well, since we don't have anything uh, to promote, uh, can we can we end the podcast as a final topic with? Um, so I didn't I didn't ask you about this before we got started, so you might not remember this. Do you remember mm-hmm. the the, um, the anti masturbation pictures in our dorm? Oh, the um, the anti masturbation bobcat, the, the, the animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, well, it was the fi- it was fine art. It was the fine art that we had in all of the dorm rooms that was really looking at you. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so- it was as close. It was as close to the Scooby Doo eyeballs, and, you know, in the picture as you could get. And it was just, yeah, it was a reminder that God's creation was was watching. Okay, you know, so you, down on you. you gotta imagine like the dorm we lived in it was four stories three stories in a basement mm-hmm. and it smelled like socks and sexual frustration like it was it was, it was not not where you would want a vacation no not even where you'd want to <laughs> uh just rest for an hour <laughs> even the lobby wasn't safe because you could like see somebody streaking through the uh through the glass door so in the lobby, you would see somebody streaking. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the first time. Like we were saying earlier on in the in the uh, podcast here, that was when all of us repressed Christians got together and tried to be slightly less repressed, which it turns out um, does mean running around naked. But we never got to see girls naked. We only saw other dudes naked. Yeah, no, no, that only worked. Yeah, that's only for guys. The girls. We just got to see a bunch of dudes streaking, like that was as that was as close as we got. <laughs> but anyway, like throughout this dorm, there'd be like I don't know what you would call like Walmart art or like flea market art of like these pictures of animals, 
and I swear, like, I think I've got a picture of it on Facebook. I'll have to tweet it out. But, like, the eyes of the animals, like, pointed towards the beds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really was like they were trying to convince you that, like, these animals were keeping watch to keep you from masturbating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had a you had a watch dog. Yours was a watch cat. Yeah, it was. I think mine was a watch eagle. <laughs> Soaring above, soaring above, making sure I didn't do anything I shouldn't do. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think we can top anti-masturbation bobcats. No, no, I don't think so, but I think that it should probably be a blog. <laughs> I, need to, I need to find that picture and tweet it out, uh, just so yeah. people can understand. Um all right, here's Adam King. Uh, he's a character in the book. Oh, he's actually a real person. He's not just a character in the book. Yeah, but, got uh, dual roles. Yeah, orbited through my literary world in the book, JV Superstar, which I can't in good conscience recommend. Uh, I don't think Adam could either, but it's out there. No, nah, you probably shouldn't read it. But if you do, <laughs> no, nah, if you do, and you you know if you buy it or you know you can get it on Amazon, um, and you want me to sign your e copy, just let me know. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. All right, Adam King, thank you for being on Fun Sexy Bible Time. All right, man. I enjoyed it.